want to introduce our first speaker for the night. We're going to have um, Matt and then Zoe and then Honor. And as each person comes up, if you could please give them, you know, a good showing and, and let them know that you're excited to hear from them. I, I've heard snippets of what each of them have been mulling over over the past week and a bit since I've asked them. And, um, and it really, like, it, there's some things there, actually a lot of things that, that really challenge me as well and have me um, thinking more and pondering more. So our, our topic for tonight is, is um, how do you connect with your Heavenly Father? How do you connect with God the Father? And so we've got Matt, who's one of our young adults leaders. We've got Zoe, who's one of our young adults and worship leaders. And we've got Honor, who's one of our youth leaders and longtime servers. Um, and so I really want to, if we can all just give them a big round of applause right now. Thank you guys for coming up and sharing. And we'll get Matt to come on up now. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate the support. <laughs> um, yeah, if you haven't got my name by now, I'm Matt. <laughs> and I just want to say a special thank you to all the fathers out there today on Father's Day. Um, so coming into this um, preaching tonight, a couple of weeks ago, so I was in bed and I was drifting off to sleep and I ended up falling into a dream. And in that dream... I was looking across at a sidewalk and it had a father standing in front of a child, like a five-year-old child, a small child. Um, I was listening in on their conversation and their conversation, the father was saying to the child, oh, I don't think you're good enough. Why would you do something like that? You're going to look stupid. Everyone's going to laugh at you. I don't, you're too sinful to do that. And then I turned to the other side of the street and I seen another father, same situation, standing in front of a child um, and he was speaking to his child quite quietly but he was saying, I love you, um, I want to nurture you, I know you might not know everything but I want to put people in your life that will help you and guide you through what you need. Um, so through that prayer, I mean through that um, dream I felt speak on which father are we listening to are we listening to the father of lies are we listening to the father of love if we heard an earthly father criticizing humiliating or demoralizing their child uh, we would think what a dreadful dad what a horrible person they're only little and trying to learn we have to remember to identify the author of our thoughts in our head um what is the purpose of these thoughts and where did they come from? The devil is a thief that lies to us and tries to destroy our walk with God. He tries to divert us from a walk with God by feeding us lies and confusion. These lies seem authentic, but they are not from a father of love. They're from a father of lies. Jesus tells us, in John 8.44, that the devil is the father of lies. And John 10.10 tells us, The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, Jesus, have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The enemy of your soul wants to steal, kill, and destroy who you are and wants to trick you from, and make you forfeit 
a life of purpose with God. Know that the Father of love has faithful promises that are our protection and combat the Father of lies. Here are a few verses that back this up. In Psalms 91, 4, his faithful promises are your armour and protection. Um, we can take up the armour of God in Ephesians 6, 10, Romans 8, 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful. So any thoughts that you have that make you um, have anxiety or fear, that's definitely not that's a father of lies in your ear, not a father of love. Um, Matthew 6, 6, the promise that God hears us, even though we might think he might not sometimes, he definitely hears us, he promises us that. Um, James 1, 16, God gives good and perfect gifts. We are all his prized possession. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Uh, Hebrews 12.10 God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness and we, some people might think that's a bit strange how God disciplining us is a good thing but it is because uh, love has boundaries and if I was a father and I was fathering my children I was like I don't care just do whatever you want um, that's probably not what a good father would say he would care for his child and love his child. So he would put boundaries and make sure, like, if my child's going down that path, you know, I'm going to discipline them and say, that's actually not going to be good for you. Um, and it leads to his holiness so that we can share that with him in heaven. Um, in Luke 22:31, we hear Jesus say to Simon Peter, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. So in biblical times, they would put all the wheat into a massive sifter and they would shake it violently around and it would sift the good wheat from the chaff and the dirt. So Satan wanted to shake Peter's faith so forcefully that it would make him fall from being faithful to God. Um, The name Satan means accuser. He accuses God's people. Here's a few thoughts you may hear if Satan's trying to sift you. Like Peter, you're not good enough. You'll never make it. Nobody likes you. You're not worthy. You're too sinful. Sounding like that bad father on the street. Um, It was Peter who later spoke from experience. So after Satan had a go at him and tried sifting him, he wrote this um, very wise verse here for us in 1 Peter 5.8 be self-controlled and alert your enemy um, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour resist him, stand firm in faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings we all go through the same kind of spiritual attacks and suffering so we need to be battle ready and remember God's promises To resist the devil and stand firm in the faith, we must connect with God, knowing he is our God and our loving Father. God is a good Father who knows how to give good gifts to his children. A good Father doesn't demean his child, play mind games with his child, or humiliate them. He doesn't tell them they are not worthy of his love or will never achieve a good purpose. 
in Psalms 103.13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on, on those who honour him. And we have an advocate in the Father, someone who speaks for, on our behalf and who defends us, defends us when we make mistakes, and it is Jesus the righteous. Um, he champions, champions us. Uh, so how can we connect with God the Father? Um, we can connect to him by listening for his fatherly voice of encouragement, not a voice that is discouraging me or destroying me. By knowing he has compassion on me, by accepting his good and perfect gifts, by knowing I have Jesus to advocate for me, by knowing I am forgiven, by knowing he is faithful even when I am not. I connect with my Heavenly Father by remembering that he desires a close loving relationship with me. In Psalms 8.4, he cares for me and supports me just like he does for you. He has, my, he has a heart for me. My loving Heavenly Father is mindful of me. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> I'd like to invite um, Zoe to come up and speak. I feel like a right preacher. Hold on. <sighs> there we go. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, hi. Hi. Um, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Zoe. Um, and I've had the absolute hi. Uh, <laughs> I've had the absolute privilege of calling Activate Home for nearly two years now. Uh, I know time flies when you're having fun, guys. A um, little bit about me: um, I come from a small town in Southland called Gore. Um, thank you. Don't hold that against me, especially if you're from Hamilton. Um, <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> Um, I currently work at the Waikato Hospital and absolutely love it. Um, and I'm going to try really hard to not make any jokes tonight because I like to make jokes when I'm nervous and just in general. Um, so, <laughs> thank you. Um, Womanique asked me if I wanted to kind of speak tonight. There were lots of thoughts and emotions that went through my head um, from excitement, to joy, to just pure, utter shock, uh, and it was kind of like a fight or flight moment, um, and then eventually got over that and came the topic of the evening, which is how do I connect to God as the Father. Um, for me personally, this has always been a hard and interesting topic or idea um, that I've struggled with for, for many, many years, but still struggle with today, and I'm going to be honest about that. Um, for a lot of people, they relate God as father to their, to their earthly father, to their, to their earthly dad, and, um, you know, they, they relate that love and security through what they get, and it helps them kind of guide and build that bridge between learning about God as a heavenly father. Um, for me, that's not really been the case. Uh, growing up in Gore, I always had my dad around physically. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, physically, he was always there. 
Um, but emotionally and mentally, it was a struggle. I grew up walking around on eggshells, never knowing when the next time my dad would snap at me or if this week was going to be a week that he talked to me or not. Um, I felt that I had to be the perfect daughter, and I'd try obtaining this by, by doing things, whether it was doing my chores to a really, really good standard, or whether it was I'd go out of my way to, to just do something in preparation that maybe I w- it, it wouldn't make him mad later on. I was so focused on doing a good job of being a daughter, I never knew what it was like to just be a daughter. I found it really difficult to, to understand God's love as a father, um, especially when I couldn't remember the last time my dad had said it to me. Uh, without it being manip- manipulative or, or after an argument when he was trying to get back in my good books. Um, this made it increasingly hard for me to, to understand just because through the Bible it tells us how much he loves us, how awesome we are, how special we are to him, how much he just adores us. And if God could tell me repeatedly throughout the Bible, then why couldn't my dad? My, uh, my top love language has always been physical touch as well. So it's really important to me, you know, whether it be a hug, a high five, a handshake, a, a pat on the back, just a, a little something, you know, it, it makes me feel loved. And I'm learning now that that stems from lack of in my childhood. But, there is a but, it's not all depressing, I promise. I'm so proud because I can now stand here and say that I've experienced the love of God. The love of a father, and it is not like my earthly dad's, it is so, so much better. His love is full of forgiveness and grace and mercy and compassion and so much more that I do not deserve, but he just greatly lays out for me. There is a verse in John 4, uh, so it's John 4, 18, and it says, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Um, At the time, Jesus is talking to his disciples, he's getting them ready to, to send the Holy Spirit as his helper, um, and all those good things before he you know, ascends back to heaven. And um, before I understood the importance of context in the Bible and, and reading it contextually, um, this verse got me through some rough moments and some really, really tough times. It helped me realize that although my dad on earth hasn't, hasn't always been the greatest, um, the best influence or, or the best role model, it doesn't mean that God had left me. Ever. Psalm 23 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, it comforts me. God didn't go anywhere. He hasn't gone anywhere. So, to go back to the question, how do I connect to God as the Father? I trust Him, like a child does to their father. I love him like a child does to their father. I listen to him and I talk to him like a child does to their father. I get annoyed at him 
like a child does to their father. And I have a relationship with him, like a child should with their father. I work every day at seeing God as a father, and and it does get easier. The more you lean into it, the easier it gets. But I know that my God, my father, my my heavenly dad is never, ever going to leave me. He's never going to be the one that doesn't talk to me. He's never going to be the one that that snaps at me. He's always going to love me. He'll never let me go. And I'm so, so thankful for him and him alone. So right now I'm going to pass over to Honor, um, who's going to be the third of our triple sevens. Give me a second while I set up. So, to start us off, my name is Ono, and (laughs) I also do lead the youth, as Monique mentioned, and some of them were on that video that you guys saw, So, and some of them are here as well tonight, which is awesome. So, I love leading our youth, and I do that during the week. What I also do during the week is I'm a business analyst. And <laughs> people often ask me, what is a business analyst? Basically, it just means I'm pretty good at telling people, if you change this small thing here, it's going to have a big impact in the future. Otherwise known as extrapolating. So, now extrapolation, we all love to do it. It's a tendency we have as humans. It helps us survive, right? Because we can't see the whole world. We just see what we see in our day-to-day, and we have to extrapolate and go, if this small thing happens here in the future, it's uncertain, it's unknown, we can't know it, but what we've observed now could play out exactly like that. And so we have to assume that when we don't know that. And when we do that... Who remembers being at home and you forgot to do one of your chores one day and you're in your room, one of your parents comes in and they go, you didn't do the dishes. If you can't do the dishes, how are you going to take care of yourself when you leave home? <laughs> and let, let's be clear, you just didn't do the dishes, right? But they go, well, if you didn't do the dishes, you probably can't do the laundry, but at least you probably just forgot to do the dishes. You can't actually not do them. But if you forgot to do the dishes, what if you got, forgot to pay rent? You wouldn't have a place to live. And so now they're in your room going, how are you going to take care of yourself when you leave home? And so they're extrapolating. Well, they've taken something small that they can see and blown it up out of proportion. As I'm sure you told them at the time. (laughs) And so we all love a good extrapolation. It's the easiest thing for us when we have something as great and inexplicable as God, which is the Holy Trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to then try and understand that by breaking it down and understanding it in its components. And so for God the Father, the easiest thing for us to do, as Matt and Zoe have shared, is to look to our own fathers 
and trying to apply their character to God. Which could be not such a bad thing if you all have amazing fathers and are amazing fathers, as I'm sure you are. But let's face it, we've all had a time, that first time in our lives where we realised our dad could make a mistake. So, an understanding of the other aspects of the Trinity actually helps us to understand God the Father. Like, Jesus said in John 3, 6, or 6, 38, For I've come down to heaven, from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of my Father in heaven. And so all through the New Testament, when we're reading about Jesus and his actions, and what he wants us to do, that's an insight into God the Father as well. As I was praying over this message after one asked, I felt God wanted to remind us all about his character. And also to break some lies that the enemy has put over us that we might be believing about him too. So we've all had that moment where we're still living at home and we break something. And we're like, oh no, I don't want to tell dad. And the feelings associated were fear and shame And some of us have those feelings now in relation to our lives as we're living them. We're afraid to go to God because we feel that fear. We feel that shame. And the belief is that we can't give it to God because, well, he might make us do something we don't want to do. And, you know, it wouldn't hurt to just, you know, clean it up a little before we went to him to, you know, show we've made progress. And then finally, when we do get to bring it to him, we just want him to fix it, because he can. And Paul's actually in a very similar situation in Corinthians, where he's got a problem, and he's praying to God, God, please just take it away from me. God responds to him in verse 12 and says, no, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, I really used to struggle with this verse because why does God's power need Paul to feel weak? I hate feeling weak. It's <laughs> not clear. And if Paul was feeling weak, I was pretty sure I was going to need to be weak. So the first part God said was grace, right? God's grace was sufficient for Paul. And he was meaning that he loves us with all the problems we have. He doesn't need us to be any different to who we are, to have a relationship with him, or to serve him in front of other people like Paul was doing. And now I think a lot of us, especially if you've been Christians for a while, find it easy to go, yeah, God loves me no matter what. But also, how many times did your dad go, oh, I love you? And you go, yeah, because you're my dad, you have to. (laughs) So we, we acknowledge it as a truth without feeling it truly as a truth. On the other hand, the second part is that You feel like, yes, he loves me. Cool. 
But then he asks you to do something and you feel this crippling sense of I'm not good enough. Like, yes, God loves me, but I can't lead. Then I'm leading other people. I'm not better than them. What if I, they ask me a question and I don't know what, where it is in the Bible? <laughs> and so now we feel like, yes, he got, loves us, but he's not, we're not good enough to do what he's asking us to do. What I can tell you is that if he has called you to something, it's because he's made you for a time such as this. And then there's a second part of the verse. God's power is made perfect in weakness. Now, I actually think that's due to our perception because God's power is God's power, right? Our perception of it, it, nothing can change God's power. What can change is how we view it. Because it says God's power is made perfect in weakness. If you think back, how often do we discount God's contribution in our lives because we thought, that went our way. Like, I probably made that happen. Like, for example, we get a promotion at work or we just, you know, do some good planning, lay some good plans and they work out exactly as you saw it in your head, and you think, I did good. (laughs) To be clear, we thank God anyway, because we are good Christians. But we worked, and we made that happen. But run that situation again when you did lay good plans, but you made a mistake in the execution, and now... The outcome still works out, even better than you intended. And now you thank God for real, because you know you didn't make that happen. (laughs) And I think you truly appreciate how powerful God is. And that is what I believe God means when he says his power is made perfect in weakness. So another belief we often extrapolate from the how are you going to take care of yourself when you leave home, is that we need to stand on our own two feet to be truly independent and show that we are strong and capable. It's a common desire at some point to try and take a step back from our father figures and just show that we can do it on our own. Or maybe as Zoe said, you didn't really grow up with one. I didn't. And yeah, we just had to because we could. Well, we thought we could. We tried. (laughs) So if, like me, you also did some of your younger years without God, then you got used to making decisions on your own. Or maybe you had God, but you just didn't listen to him. Now, you might be unsure of which decisions are big enough to bother God with. Now, Spoiler alert, there are no decisions that are too small for God. Like, how, how many times has he helped people out with parking? So, <laughs> so, on the other hand, do you need to ask him what to have for breakfast? Probably not. 
but if that is something you struggle with, go hard. <laughs> so a good way to think of it is, could this decision change my day? Because your day-to-day -day decisions become your life. I like to think of our life as an ever-branching decision tree. And so God, being the creator, has your entire life out in front of him, and he knows the best path. And he is willing to show you that path if you listen to him. On the other hand, we can see tops a couple steps ahead. So we can choose to listen to him, and he will guide us. But sometimes we might not, and that's okay. Because it doesn't matter if you just haven't listened to him for one decision, or this is, tonight you're thinking, oh, maybe I should actually go to God about my day-to-day -day decisions. He has always got that next set of decisions that you're waiting for. He's always got a decision that will help bring you closer to him and a best, on the best path that he has for you. So seeking support and going to God for your plans makes you wise, not weak. David in the Psalms describes God as our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 18.2, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. Isaiah 2.12, surely the Lord God is my salvation. I trust and I will not be afraid. The Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. God the Father is a provider and a protector. And I don't think it's a coincidence that those are traditionally fatherly roles either. Our dads do our, their absolute best to fulfill these roles and love us. And they do a great job. But they're not God. They're not perfect. So stop extrapolating their actions onto God. We don't need to extrapolate with God. We can see his character through the word and through our lives. He wants to be a protector and a provider, and it's in his character. When we don't listen to him, it's just harder for us to see that, but it doesn't change his character. So whether you need provision or protection or both today, please consider where do I need to listen to God and what do I need to give to God? Let us then approach the throne of God's grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in what we need.